You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include classified documents are popping up in former Vice President Mike Pence's possession, the U.S. is sending tanks to Ukraine, and New York Mayor Eric Adams delivers his second State of the City address. Here's your national news recap for the week of January 22nd. Classified documents have been found at former Vice President Pence's Indiana home. That's according to CNN, which cited multiple sources familiar with the manor. The outlet said a lawyer for Pence discovered around a dozen documents labeled as classified. The latest discovery of classified documents in the home of President Biden dates back to his time in the Senate, which ended more than a decade ago. Republican Congressman Chip Roy of Texas says this shouldn't be swept under the rug. All politicians, regardless of party, need to be held accountable for what they're doing with classified documents. But in the case of the current president, he says there are questions about his ties to China and Ukraine that could affect foreign policy. The National Archives isn't responding to Republicans' request to see which documents the president had. The National Archives is asking former presidents and vice presidents to check their personal records for any classified material or presidential records. This comes after classified documents were found in the homes of former President Trump, former Vice President Pence, and President Biden over the last year. CNN reports the archives sent a letter to representatives of former presidents and vice presidents from the last six presidential administrations. The letter asked to ensure their personal files don't inadvertently contain records that need to be turned over to the archives. Democrats are criticizing President Biden's border and immigration policies. There can be no confusing the Biden administration's immigration policy with the Trump administration's, but doing better than Trump doesn't mean it shouldn't be the bar. New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said the White House is making it more difficult to seek asylum at the southern border. New Jersey Senator Cory Booker added that extending the pandemic-era program known as Title 42 is putting people in danger. Fellow Garden State lawmaker Bob Menendez said the Biden administration cannot have it both ways by promoting that asylum is a legal right while also blocking access via Title 42. Senators are coming up with a game plan to counter Russian aggression. These aren't just criminals. They are war criminals. And they are leading the fight in Ukraine today for Putin because Putin is failing spectacularly. New Jersey Democrat Bob Menendez criticized President Vladimir Putin using the Russian private military company Wagner to aid in its invasion of Ukraine. He called it a sign of Putin's weakness. The Treasury Department has designated Wagner as a transnational criminal organization. Republican Senator Jim Risch of Idaho added Russia has soured its relationship with the U.S. and most of the world. A teacher shot by a six-year-old student is now turning her attention to a lawsuit. Richard Stelling reports. Abigail Zwerner is suing the school district in Newport News after investigators revealed administration knew the youngster had a gun on January 6th. 
That's the day the teacher was shot at Ridgeneck Elementary School. In fact, Zwirner's attorney said that multiple staff members went to administrators at least three times to let them know the boy was armed. Metal detectors have been installed at entrances around the campus. I'm Richard Stelling. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries is hitting Republicans over debt ceiling negotiations. Conservatives are demanding spending cuts as a price for lifting the debt ceiling and averting a default. Jeffries said failing to pay the federal government's bills would result in a big problem for everyday Americans. He said extreme MAGA Republicans want to slash Social Security, Medicare, and veterans' benefits. However, Republicans are divided over whether entitlement spending should be on the chopping block. The U.S. hit its debt limit last week, and the Treasury Department imposed measures to cover the debt until early June. Democrats have called on Republicans to raise the limit without conditions. The nation's attorney general says a ransomware group has been put out of business. Known as the Hive Ransomware Group, this network targeted more than 1,500 victims around the world since June of 2021. Merrick Garland said the company was accused of extorting or attempting to extort folks out of hundreds of millions of dollars. Garland cited one case where the group targeted a hospital in the Midwest. He said the attack left it unable to accept new patients. The Department of Veterans Affairs says it placed over 40,000 homeless veterans into permanent housing last year. The VA had set a goal of housing 38,000 veterans in 2022 and exceeded that by just over 6 percent. The department says the number of homeless veterans has decreased by 11 percent since January 2020. VA Secretary Dennis McDonoghue said the VA will not rest until the phrase homeless veteran is a thing of the past. President Biden has set a goal to reduce homelessness by 25 percent by 2025. A new poll suggests a small number of Americans believe House Republicans are focused on the nation's most pressing issues. A new CNN survey shows just 27 percent of the respondents said they believe the new Republican majority is prioritizing issues appropriately. The remaining 73 percent said they believe GOP leaders haven't paid enough attention to the right problems. Nearly half of those surveys cited the economy as their top issue. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. All sources coming from rotors. The United States, in a reversal, is poised to start a process that would eventually send dozens of M1 Abrams battle tanks to Ukraine, two U.S. officials told Reuters on Tuesday. Such a decision by the United States would come just days after Washington argued against sending the Abrams, despite demands from Kiev and public pressure from Berlin, as it faced calls to send German-made Leopard battle tanks. The officials, speaking on a condition of anonymity, said an announcement could come as early as Wednesday, a third source familiar with the matter, said the United States commitment would total about 30 Abram tanks to be delivered over the coming months. One of the officials said it was possible the Biden administration could use the USAI process to buy the Abrams from allies who have them, refurbish them, then send them to Ukraine. The process can take months and even years. The United States and its allies failed during talks in Germany last week to convince Berlin to provide its Leopard battle tanks to Ukraine, a key demand from Kyiv as it tries to breathe new momentum into its fight against Russian forces. Ukraine says heavily armored Western battle tanks would give its troops more mobility and protection ahead of a new Russian offensive that Kyiv expects in the near future. They could also help Ukraine retake some of the territory that has fallen to Russia. U.S. officials had said that the Abrams was tough to maintain, hard to train Ukrainians to operate, and ran out of jet fuel, making a poor choice for this phase of the war. On Tuesday, the Pentagon declined to say whether Washington would provide tanks to Ukraine, but reiterated the challenges the Abrams posed. 
The M1 Abrams is a complex weapon system that is challenging to maintain. That was true yesterday, that is true today, and will be true in the future. Pentagon spokesperson Brigadier General Pat Ryder told reporters, we continue to have discussions with Ukrainians and our allies and partners about what are the medium and long-term defense requirements for Ukraine, Ryder said. And for our second story of today, Haitian police officers on Thursday blocked streets and forced their way into the country's main airport to protest the recent killing of officers by armed gangs, expanding their grip on the Caribbean nation. Protesters in civilian clothes who identified themselves as police first attacked Prime Minister Ariel Henry's official residence, according to a Reuters witness, and then flooded the airport as Henry was arriving from a trip to Argentina. PM is still at the airport, unable to leave for now, said the source who asked not to be identified. Haiti's National Police and Prime Minister's office did not immediately respond to requests for comment. One video filmed by local media showed a group of men, some of them wearing shirts with the word police written on them, heatedly arguing with ununiformed officers at the airport and then appearing to walk past the officers without struggle. Roads across Port-au-Prince and in several cities to the north were blocked by protesters. Last week, four police officers near the capital were killed by the Vitel Ohm gang. While shootouts on Wednesday with the Savian gang in the town of Court left another seven officers dead, according to the Haiti's national police in local media reports. The United Nations is discussing sending a foreign strike force to confront the criminal groups. The proposal was originally made three months ago, but no country has offered to lead such a force. And for our third and final story of today, Britain and the European Union are unlikely to fundamentally change their underlying Brexit settlement, making sector-specific deals for financial services, fisheries, and energy necessary to prevent more disruption, a report said. The report from academic body UK in a Changing Europe, UKICE, published on Tuesday, said that despite a significant economic hit to Britain from leaving the bloc and falling support for Brexit among the British public, major changes in the UK-EU relationship are unlikely. Prospects of such renegotiations are slim, UKICE director Anand Menon said. UKICE said polling it conducted in December showed 56% of Britons said they would vote to rejoin the EU up from 45% in February, largely consistent with other polls. However, Britain's governing Conservative Party is committed to Brexit, and the opposition Labour Party is keen to avoid suggestions it would seek to unravel the post-2016 settlement. Talks between Britain and the EU continue on how to implement post-Brexit arrangements, which accommodate the largely open border between Northern Ireland, which is part of the United Kingdom, and the EU member state, Ireland. The immediate challenge is resolving the issues surrounding the Northern Ireland Protocol, but even if this is achieved, other deadlines and decisions are looming, relating to, for example, data exchange, electric cars, and fish, the report said. UKICE said UK-EU relations were far from either settled or stable, but neither side seemed likely to want to assess the trade and cooperation agreement signed in December 2020 after more than four years of political argument. There appears to be little political space on either side of the channel for a major reconsideration of the relationship or renegotiation of the TCA in the short term. It said, citing a lack of trust, the domestic politics of the UK and the benefits of the current deal to EU exporters. Changes to the relationship are likely to be slow and incremental in the immediate future, it said, adding science research, energy security, and emissions trading might be areas where the current relationship could be deepened. And that was Connor Brown with your international news report. This is the local news, and I am Carly Murray. Mayor Eric Adams used his second State of the City address to outline what he's calling his working people's agenda on Thursday. He touted progress New York has made against COVID, crime, and an economy in freefall, 
Adams adds New York City is on the right path now that children are back in school, New Yorkers are back at work, and restaurants are booked. His plan for 2023 will focus on jobs, safety, housing, and care. New Jersey is launching a new criminal justice division to investigate and prosecute human trafficking. Attorney General Matthew Platkin announced the Human Trafficking Unit will spearhead the fight against human trafficking, sexual exploitation, and forced labor. He said that the unit's sole mandate is to identify and to dismantle human trafficking networks operating in New Jersey and bring justice for those that they've harmed. Deputy Director Teresa Hilton will lead this new group. Platkin brought the veteran litigator on board last fall to oversee sexual and domestic violence prevention policy and criminal enforcement work. An Uzbek native was convicted by a federal court on Thursday of the murder of eight people in an ISIS-inspired terror attack. Saifalo Saipov drove a rented truck down a bike path in Manhattan in order to gain entry to ISIS in 2017. He is eligible for the death penalty. A woman was placed under arrest in New Brunswick, New Jersey after posing as a high school student and attending classes for four days. 29-year-old Hai Zhang Shin was arrested after district officials discovered that she filed false documents. A nun is being praised for stopping a robbery attempt at a western New York poverty center. Sister Mary Janice is the director of the Response to Love Center in Buffalo, which provides food, care, and other services to the needy. She said that she heard a noise outside and saw a stepladder out of place. When she opened the door, one would-be robber fled while the other was forced to jump off the roof after she threw the ladder down. A Connecticut investment banker plunged to his death from a rooftop bar in Times Square Wednesday evening at the Hyatt-centric Times Square Hotel. Reports say 46-year-old Dale Cheney allegedly jumped from Bar 54 on the hotel's 54th floor and landed on the street below. Cheney and his wife had reportedly filed for divorce a day earlier, and the NYPD is investigating the incident as a suicide. It is the second time that someone has jumped from the rooftop bar in the last four months. Voters in George Santos's district want the embattled congressman to release his tax returns. Protesters made their latest demands, saying Santos is taking away energy from the work that needs to be done in Washington, D.C. Questions over how Santos secured campaign funds and used that money are starting to bubble over after he admitted that two loans to his campaign were not personal loans. Most recently, Santos appears to have listed the name of a campaign treasurer without their consent. Times Square is reminding recreational marijuana users that smoking in plazas is banned. Signs have been going up at the crossroads of the world over the past few weeks after leaders fielded one too many complaints about the area smelling like marijuana. Jersey Shore residents reported on unknown shaking in their homes Thursday afternoon, but there have been no earthquakes or thunderstorms reported. There is speculation that the rumbling could be due to military planes and helicopters. A four-alarm apartment fire broke out in New York on Thursday. More than 130 firefighters responded to the complex in the Bronx Thursday evening, where multiple floors were being consumed by the blaze. Video from the scene shows flames shooting through the windows and the roof of the building. Authorities report that the fire started on the fifth floor and quickly spread all the way up the building. I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news. I'm Dante DiValerio with your Rowan News. For more than 30 years, Dr. James Heinzen, professor of history and director of the Holly Bush Institute for Global Peace and Security in the College of Humanities and Social Sciences, has been digging through declassified Soviet-era archives 
uncovering untold stories of 20th century Russia. Heinzen is currently working on a book called Outlaw Entrepreneurs and the Soviet Shadow Economy Under Late Socialism, 1950s to 1980s. This book explores the social and cultural history of widespread Soviet black markets and criminalized entrepreneurs. Heinzen is among the first researchers to comb through Russian archives to learn how the shadow economy worked on the ground. John H. Martinson thought he was attending a student reception and dinner in the Chamberlain Student Center dining hall. And then, to the philanthropist's delight, a band rolled through. Martinson got a surprise performance from the College of Performing Arts students to celebrate and recognize the generous multi-six-figure gift he made in 2022, which will make the launch of the Pride of the Profs marching band possible. Also in 2022, Martinson made a blockbuster $500 million gift in support of Rowan's Honors College, which was renamed in his honor. As Martinson dined with Rowan University President Ali A. Houshmand and other university leaders, the beat from a drum kit across the dining hall filled the air. Then, another group of students stood to join in, revealing Rowan University marching band t-shirts. In a matter of seconds, more than 60 students playing tubas, trombones, trumpets, and more popped up and surrounded Martinson playing the Hay Song. Other unsuspecting diners turned to watch and Martinson clapped along to the beat. When the song concluded, junior music education major Julia Irizarry presented Martinson with a marching band t-shirt and a heartfelt thank you from the entire student body. I'm Dante DiValerio. This has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This is Nick Carlson for your Rowan Report with the news around the sports world. Starting in the NFL, it's getting close to crunch time. As we enter the conference championship round, only four teams remain. But looking back towards the divisional round, there is so much to talk about. The Jacksonville Jaguars marched into Arrowhead, riding high off their historical comeback against the Los Angeles Chargers. The only problem is that they ran into the Chiefs and red-hot Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City got the scoring started with a Travis Kelsey touchdown and never looked back from there. They would ultimately go on to win 27-20, although the biggest headline of the game was Patrick Mahomes, who left the game for a small amount of time after twisting his ankle. Mahomes is on track to play in the AFC Championship game with what doctors are calling a high ankle sprain. Sticking in the AFC, the Bengals handled the Bills easily through the snowy conditions in Buffalo. Josh Allen and the Bills never could get anything going as their only touchdown came via a Josh Allen QB sneak at the goal line. Allen, undefeated at home in the playoffs, suffered his first loss at the hands of Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Burrow threw for 240 yards and two touchdowns as the Bengals topped the Bills 27-10. In the NFC, there was a massacre at Lincoln Financial Field. The NFL's number one team looked nothing short of spectacular Saturday night as they faced a divisional rival, the New York Giants. The Eagles jumped out to a 14-0 lead before intercepting Daniel Jones to ultimately extend their lead to 28-0 as they headed into halftime. From there, it was smooth sailing for the number one seed in the NFC as they would go on to win 38-7. The final game of the divisional weekend was the fairy tale story of Brock Purdy. From last pick in the draft to the divisional round starter, Purdy faced the Cowboys looking to continue his undefeated season. Although Purdy showed flashes of a rookie QB, 
head coach Kyle Shanahan was able to steer the ship with his arsenal of weapons on offense and a top defense in the league to knock out Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Dak threw a touchdown and two interceptions, and Christian McCaffrey scored late to help San Fran defeat the boys 19-12. The stage is now set for Sunday with the conference championship games consisting of the Bengals traveling to Kansas City and Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan leading the Niners into Philly. In other news, Frank Reich, former offensive coordinator for the Eagles when they won their Super Bowl in 2018, has been hired by the Carolina Panthers to be their next head coach. Reich, fired by the Indianapolis Colts earlier this season, was the head coach from 2018 up until a few months ago when he was fired. It's a full circle moment for Reich and the Panthers, as the Panthers, who were established in 1995, had their first franchise touchdown thrown by quarterback Frank Reich. In other Rowan news, Rowan women's basketball extend their win streak to four after wins this week against William Patterson in overtime and TCNJ. The men, on the other hand, extend their win streak to eight and remain undefeated in all of the NJACs. I've been Nick Carlson for the Rowan Report with your news in the professional sports world. I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. More layoffs are hitting the tech industry. IBM and SAP are the latest tech companies to reduce their workforces. Europe's latest software company, SAP, said it will slash 2,800 jobs. Meanwhile, IBM announced it will let go of 3,900 workers. The job cuts follow last week's layoffs announced by Google's parent company, Alphabet and Microsoft. New government figures show the U.S. economy is slowing but still growing. Rory O'Neill reports. The latest gross domestic product numbers show the American consumer is holding on to their wallet, cutting personal spending in the fourth quarter of 2022. Still, the government reports say the economy grew at 2.9% in the fourth quarter, slightly better than the 2.8% that was expected. Economists are still split on the economic forecast for 2023, fearing a recession while still hoping for that soft landing. I'm Rory O'Neill. Wall Street is closing with stocks mixed after earnings reports were released from major companies. Microsoft shared lackluster guidance that concerns investors. Boeing also reported top and bottom line misses in its latest earnings report. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 10 points to 33 to 743. The S&P 500 fell by less than a point to 40 to 16, and the Nasdaq dropped 21 points to 11 to 313. Southwest Airlines is giving some employees a bonus following last month's travel crisis. The Dallas-based airline says pilots will receive about $45 million in gratitude pay after a software meltdown led to the cancellation of 10 of thousands of flights. Flight attendants and other Southwest workers will receive bonuses as well. The payments come as the Southwest Airlines Pilots Association plans to vote on a potential strike in May. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Marilyn Manson is settling the sexual assault lawsuit filed against him by Esme Bianco. The Games of Thrones actress filed the suit against the singer and his record label in 2021, claiming he sexually assaulted, physically abused, and trafficked her between 2009 and 2011. Bianco's lawyer told Enemy she agreed to resolve her claims in order to move on with her life and career. The exact terms haven't been released. More than a dozen women have accused Manson of sexual misconduct in recent years, but he has denied all allegations. Rapper Kanye West may be denied entry into Australia because of his recent anti-Semitic comments. 
Local media reports say the rapper was planning a trip to Melbourne next week to visit the family of his new Australian partner. An Australian government minister, however, says he may be refused a visa over comments praising Adolf Hitler. Education Minister Jason Clare said people like that who have applied for visas to get into Australia in the past have been rejected. Lawmakers are grilling ticket industry executives months after Ticketmaster botched sales for Taylor Swift's upcoming tour. In a Senate hearing on Tuesday, Democratic Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois said the merger of Ticketmaster with its parent company, Live Nation, has harmed consumers and artists by stifling competition. Democrat Amy Kolobar of Minnesota said competition is necessary to bring down ticket prices and improve services for customers. Taylor Swift fans looking to buy tickets for her tour in November were met with technical difficulties in hours-long wait times when Ticketmaster's system failed. Police are confirming that Britney Spears is okay after concerned fans called the cops to her house in Southern California. TMZ reports it's believed they thought she was in danger after deleting her Instagram account. The Ventura County Sheriff's Office visited the pop star's home and concluded there was no reason to believe Spears was in danger. The incident comes less than two weeks after Spears was seen at a local restaurant where witnesses told TMZ she became manic and her husband, Sam Asghari, left the restaurant. A biopic about Madonna's life and career is being scrapped by Universal Pictures. The film was first announced back in 2020 with actress Julia Garner expected to star as the Queen of Pop herself. Speculation over the fate of the film cropped up after Madonna announced her celebration tour last week. Both Madonna and Universal have declined to comment on details behind the project's derailment. Panic at the Disco is splitting up. The Brendan Urie-fronted band took to Instagram Tuesday to share the news. Their activities as a group will cease after their upcoming European tour ends in March. In the statement, Yuri explained he was looking forward to the next adventure as he and his wife welcomed their first child. Panic at the Disco formed in Las Vegas nearly 20 years ago but gradually became a solo act as all the founding members departed except for Yuri. Justin Bieber is selling the rights to his music catalog for more than $200 million. Hypnosis Song Capital recently announced their deal with a pop star, which founder and CEO Merck McCurtis called one of the biggest deals ever made for an artist under the age of 70. Bieber's catalog includes his shares of nearly 300 titles released before 2022. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.